Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Bet MGM is pitching baseball fans a chance to swing for the fences. Register using code CHAMPION200 and win $200 in free bets when you place a $10 money line wager on any Major League Baseball game and either team hits a home run, regardless of your bet's outcome. Enjoy baseball like never before with Bet MGM's daily promotions at your fingertips all season long. Download the app or go to betmgm.com and use code CHAMPION200 to win $200 when you bet $10 on an MLB game and either team hits a home run. Sign up today and find out why nothing beats a win at the King of Sportsbooks. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Virginia only. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-888-532-3500. Is it acceptable to go to Mickey D's just for a drink? <laughs> of course it is. But good luck leaving with just a drink. It's more than a drink. It's a Mickey D's drink. And right now, a small Minute Maid slushie is just $1.59. So all you have to do is choose a flavor, like the tropical mango or strawberry watermelon, and enjoy like it's meant to be enjoyed. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. There we go. We're back on the air. Back here we go. Sorry about that, folks. Technical difficulties. We're going to have him, Brian, right now. We're going to pull him back on the air. Whew. There we go. Brian, we got you back. What happened? Ah, internet overall at Casa de Grub just decided to take a poop, so had to had to recalibrate. I was talking there for a second, thought I had lost you. We're back. We're alive. Uh, gotcha. Okay. <laughs> We're here. We're live and in living color. So the question was talking about mid-card titles, and when we got interrupted, I asked you actually, what do you think they're going to do with that mid-card title? Is it mid-Atlantic? Is it North American? Cruiserweight? What do you think? Um, I think you might get something maybe more along the lines of an X division so that they can um, – Cater more to. Hold on, just a second. Okay. Stupid dryer. Um, Stupid dryer, you're gonna squish now. To, yeah. Stan, get the dryer sheets. Um, so you can specialize more in the diverse talents you have. I want to see them do because you know they focus on the TV time limits and all that, right? I think, honestly, it's time for the TV title to come back. Uh, I, I mean, that wouldn't shock me either. Couldn't you see, like, Sean Spears or MJF as the TV champion? And just just like Arn Anderson used to do, just getting away because they couldn't beat the time limit? Yeah, could be. 
could be interesting. You know, um, um, one thing. But yeah, we, I think one one's on the way. I would imagine. One thing we did miss or see while our technical snafu was taking place: Brian, new WWE Women's Tag Team Champions, Oscar, Kyrie Sane beating Nikki Cross and uh, Alexa Bliss, and not not only that, but the way it was done, Oscar spitting the mist. In Nikki Cross's face. Yes, that was uh, something I wasn't expecting. Nah, it was different. You know, it wasn't bad, but it was definitely different. I'll take that. Let's dive back into our AEW Dynamite coverage. Um, so, looking at SCU and the Lucha Brothers again, we, we're focusing on the tag tournament here. They're building up. We learned that it's going to be SCU going head-to-head with the Lucha Brothers. At least it appears it's going to be that way during the their matchup for the tournament. Um, but they have a pull-apart brawl. And again, Brian, our opportunity to hear Tony Schiavone on an interview is blown. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was getting rather perturbed. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, again, talk. so... <laughs> yeah, I mean, literally, I haven't heard Tony in God knows how many years. And, of course, you don't get to hear the broadcast. Right. Uh, announce table, whatever. So, you see him in the ring. Oh, he's going to do an interview. Boom, Jericho ruins it. The next one, the Lucha Brothers ruin it. And you're like, come on. You're going to do this to me all night? Yeah, it was it was disconcerting. <laughs> because, you know, you teased it. With Jericho and Cody and, and all that, and I get it, you know, it's it's you're setting up your storyline, but with with the tag teams, I'm like, come on, guys, <laughs> let them do it, let them do it. <laughs> but at least we get to find yeah. out that it would be the Lucha Brothers and SCU in the tag tournament. That's going to be a tremendous matchup. But if I had to put a pick out there, and I'll I'll be the guy to do it first, Lucha Brothers. I think they may actually be the first AEW tag team champions. Uh, you might be right. However, and you know that hurts again, me. Gotta, I'm gonna keep you. I'm gonna keep you in line because we got a lot of ground to go. Yes, we do. We got a long road to go and a short time to get there. Hangman Page and Pac was next. The bastard making his AEW Dynamite debut. Uh, I really, really liked this matchup. I really felt that Adam Page was going to be the guy to come away with the victory. But, uh, no, it wasn't to be. After a tremendous back-and-forth contest, Pac makes Adam Page tap out. Well, not really tap out. We'll just say submit because he choked him out again. Can anybody stop this guy? I mean, first off, I never knew that Pac, the bastard, can wrestle that well. Not to say that he was bad ever because he's never been, but I never knew he had a chops like that. All right, so, I mean, I think he had some great matches, especially as a cruiserweight champion in the WWE. Uh, I think the biggest problem is they never, A, allowed him to put on that type of match Mm -hmm. because that is definitely not WWE style. And um, the other one, you might be hard-pressed to – 
find somebody that really keep up with that. I mean, they have. Don't get me wrong; they have great talent, but I mean, he 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 can move. Yeah, I mean, he can fly, but not not only that, the ground wrestling his his ground technique is on point. He can submit just about anybody. I mean, let's look at the stats. He submitted Kenny Omega in the most insane way possible. I mean, he just choked him out. It was done. Then Adam Page hits the uh, buckshot, and I'm thinking, it's over. And nope, not to be. He hits the red arrow, then he slaps on the rings of Saturn, and out goes Adam Page. Um, We talked about it a little bit after we left the arena. If it's going to be anybody to become the next champion after full gear. I think Pac's your next guy. Yeah, I do too. If somewhere down the line, he'll he'll get that title. Yeah. To me, if, if Cody beats Jericho at full gear, which we'll get to it, the, the reasoning why I don't think it's going to happen that way, uh, later, but if that happens, then Pac's going to beat Cody. So let's go to my favorite match of the night. This match uh, was was set up as David versus Goliath, but it told kind of a unique story, in my opinion, because Nyla Rose is the... Basically, Nyla Rose is the hometown girl. Everybody excited to see her. She got a huge reaction, and Rio is the very popular underdog. So at first, you've got two good guys. Even though it really is a David versus Goliath kind of setting, you don't really know which is which, right? You don't really know who the underdog really is because Rio winning would seem like it makes perfect sense, kind of like a Rey Mysterio thing. But Nyla Rose being their hometown favorite and being so popular with the crowd and being somewhat well-liked backstage from what we can tell... It seemed like it either made sense. It was tough to make a decision. So, what happens? They make the decision for us in a very dramatic and hard-hitting fashion. Uh, These two ladies gave everything, everything they had to get in the ring and to really just deliver in a big, big way. And I felt like this was match of the night. And I felt like Nyla Rose, you know, you had a couple moments where, I don't know, there was a couple moments where it could have gotten really bad. And they rebounded, they they managed to pull it back together. But you know what? The truth of the matter is this. You've now created, with this matchup, a monster in Nyla Rose that you knew existed but you hadn't really exposed yet. You've got an underdog champion that the crowd just adores now. And now you've got, as we would see towards the end of the matchup, well, at the post-match affair, a possibility for intergender action as Nyla Rose attacks Rio, attacks Michael Nakazawa at the, after the match is done, and then has a confrontation with Kenny Omega as Omega runs down to make the save. I really, really loved this match. Uh, I'm ha- I'll have to agree. I think it was match of the night. Um, literally, there were a few times that the pinfall caught me. Yeah. Um, where I thought it was over, but uh, it wasn't. Mm-hmm. And they, those were some about the closest three counts I think I've seen in a long time. Um. 
but it was um, cool for me because not only do does uh, Nyla Rose become this huge monster now, you know, heel, but I think they created a superstar here in the States for Rio uh, with the way that match played out. Yeah, I mean, they just... You had it in this crowd with Rio. You you knew you had a following because I mean, as soon as the graphic pops up, but everybody's going nuts. But that was, that was kind of the, just the story of the night. The crowd was just on fire for pretty much everything. Um, but so you knew there was a following there. But at the same time, when when Nyla came out and the crowd was so over the top for it. It seemed to me, I was like, okay, wow, so maybe it's going to be Nyla Rose just based off of the crowd response. Because that's the one thing we've noticed about AEW is they pay very close attention to who's doing what and what, what reaction they're getting. But they also pay attention to, you know, the the subtle nuances of what they can do. Like, they actually are looking for forward progress. They're looking at what they're going to do next. And not just one match next, I mean, like, the next five matches, because now you've got opportunity for Nyla Rose. Uh, yeah. Um, do what? Go ahead. Oh. oh. Um, I, I I don't know if that was the plan all along. I'm sure it was uh, to, to create this big heel in Nyla Rose. Um, I just don't, I don't think they were really – expecting it to, to play out that way. I mean, literally, because you're right, Nyla comes out and probably over half the crowd because she is, you know, hometown. She's uh, wrestled at uh, Maryland Championship Wrestling and um, plenty of other federations throughout Virginia. Um, I think her fans were represented and then mm-hmm. Rio comes out and she gets a little reaction, and then the you know when Nyla uh, first put that little evil grin on her face, uh, yep, I'm about to wear this girl out. The crowd started to shift. Yeah, and you know the next thing you know, Rio's trying to backdrop her and all this other stuff, and I mean the crowd really gets behind her. And the more times that Nyla goes to pin her and she kicks out. The crowd really gets behind her. And, you know, I'm going to have to say, I I don't know who does the, you know, matches in the back. I don't know if they let the the wrestlers come up with, you know, how it takes place. But somebody is a pure genius in AEW. Because this is probably the third or fourth match that it's literally told a great story. And even if you don't have any backstory, the match itself tells a great story. Yeah, there, there's this this whole thought process behind what they're doing and what they're going to do next. And you can see it with... Well, I mean, really, you can see it with each match that they're putting out there. There's a plan. I mean, I feel confident knowing that in six months, AEW knows where they're going to be. Like, when it comes to matchups, I mean, yeah, stuff can change. Don't get me wrong. But 
they do have something in place for a plan. Like, you can see there's a focus. Um, in the women's match, I want to see that Kenny is the guy that's doing the agent work for the women's matches. Well, I mean, again, I don't I don't know how they're where they're pulling some of their stuff out. But I mean, that ranks for me up there with Cody and Dustin as far as storytelling. Um, I mean, it told a story from start to finish and uh, it may have taken you a second to figure out who the players were. But once you figured it out, I mean, you, you had a heel, you had a face. Um, you had David and Goliath. I mean, you had everything you could ask for in a title match. Yeah, I felt like there was the focus that they've really been putting together has been really, really good. And this matchup really told us, as a fan of AEW and a fan of wrestling in general, this match gave us everything we wanted to expect. And then some. Like, you had to you had to make the crowd split. You had to find a way. So you did it. You got Nyla to just switch gears and go from, you know, just beating up a, a smaller person, which would have made sense. I mean, if she had just squashed her, if she had just squashed Rio, it would have made sense because just a smaller person, you know, you're just not going to get one over like that. Right. But at the same time, you also, what you did was you made her go after the weapons, where she doesn't have to go for the weapons. Like, why would a big beast go for the weapons? Well, now you know. And now it's, okay, we've got tons of different steps we can go here. We can make sure that there is something to, to follow, there's something to cheer, there's something to boo. And, you know, hopefully, hopefully the match between Britt Baker and Rio isn't just one of those... Britt Baker comes out, gets three moves, and Rio's done. Oh, wait. No, no. I'm sorry. That's a WWE match. I'm, that, my bad. My bad. That'll probably be a 15-minute classic. <clears throat> I don't know about a classic, but it'll probably at least go 15 minutes. I think I think what, with what we're seeing and what we've come to, what we've come to expect from AEW is that they're going to deliver, even with, with those that may not be able to deliver – in as top quality as we may want, um, you know. And again, I'm not really trying to put Britt Baker down, but she's still learning as she goes. I think uh, there's error number 512 with the network today. Yeah, con- congratulations, WWE. This is not their week. <laughs> Outside of SmackDown, which did tremendous numbers, no, this is not their week. Oh, now it's back up. What do you know? So, yes, we've got Rio as the new AEW Women's Champion. We've got Nyla Rose, who attacks. Michael Nakazawa, who I guess Nakazawa was kind of the the token Japanese guy, so he's got a or Chinese guy. I hate to say it like that because that just sounds racist, but, like, it's like well, So casting. just saying token, by the way. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, jeez. That's, that's kind of. Okay, so yeah. typecasting is really going on right here because they're trying to make sure that it's somebody that can speak to Rio and that can bring her with a gap with the or bridge the gap between her and the fans, which oh by the way, isn't necessary. The fans were already in her corner. All she had to do was do the I can't believe I won and do the cry thing and she'd have been good. But Yeah, but on on playback, right? Yeah. He says during during that little segment that he's going to translate for the Japanese audience. So 
yeah. there was a reason for him to come out there and and uh, you know not only be probably Nyla's first <laughs> first win, but <laughs> uh, he was out there for I, I guess he probably his uh, Japanese to English translations might be yeah. a little bit better than hers. Well, I mean, I guess that's just one of those things. Um, again, it, it did set up for a lot of perspective angles and, and matchups. Probably, probably the intergender line is going to go as we see maybe Nakazawa and um, uh, Nyla Rose first, and then Nyla and eventually Kenny Omega, which that could be a very interesting dynamic, depending on how they do it. Yeah, I agree. So the next match of the night was our main event of Dynamite, and it was Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks, the Elite, which it was kind of cool to hear them come out to the Being the Elite theme, um, taking on Chris Jericho and LAX. Now, while this main event match wasn't the best, and I'm not going to put it down, um, the story that it laid out was a little complex, but very exciting to say the least. And it definitely sets us up for a lot of different things down the road. Um, let's see if we can keep up. So Kenny Omega starts cleaning house as the Bucks and, and Kenny Omega are in control, taking it to LAX and Jericho as Omega is readying up for what I could only assume was some type of uh, dive from the inside to the outside. The crowd is in their Terminator mode with their chant, or clap. And the next thing we know, it's John Moxley. Behind Kenny Omega, and Omega with the perfect oh shit face. And mm-hmm. it was just the, the reaction. These are the subtle things that just aren't getting done anywhere else right now. And this is what happens. Omega and Mox go all over the place. We end up seeing the the uh, what is it is it's not the dirty deeds anymore. I, I don't know what he's calling it, but it's basically it's the double arm DDT through a glass table, which would take Omega out for the remainder of the tag match. It would be the Bucks and Jericho and LAX from this point forward. Jericho hits hits the uh, the Judas effect, wins the matchup. And this is now where it gets crazy. So now it's LAX and Jericho putting the boots to the Young Bucks. Then Cody Rhodes hits the ring. Cody hits the ring and he lays into Jericho. Hot way to get this show closed out, right? Oh, we're not done. Guevara hits the ring. Kicks Cody Rhodes right square in the nuts. Just straight up, just foot right to the nuts. <laughs> and the next thing you know, as that happens, it's it's um Dustin Rhodes hitting the ring, which the crowd explodes for Dustin Rhodes, which was great. I was glad to see that. Then, still not done. All of a sudden, out comes Jake Hager better known as WWE's Jack Swagger, but you probably know him from Bellator as Jake Hager is a stud in the cage, in the octagon. But Jake Hager comes out. The crowd is ridiculous at this point. 
And now we've got our first look at AEW's, what I can only assume, first major heel faction with Jericho, LAX, Sammy Guevara, and now Jack Swagger, Jake Hager. Um, the, the event, the show closes out with Hager standing triumphant in the ring with Jericho and the crew, the Young Bucks, Cody Rhodes, Dustin Rhodes, all laid out. Everybody is just waylaid, and it's the champion's time to celebrate. And that's how Dynamite goes off the air. I thought this was a pretty stunning way for the show to end. I definitely did not expect this kind of an ending. Yeah, not at first. Um, it hadn't really been the indication that Jericho's got a faction. Right. You know, up to this point. Um but he definitely got one that night. Maybe maybe Jericho should just call it his squad. You know, since he's always trying to sound, you know, up on the lingo and up on what's what's cool today, maybe he could just call it in the squad. <laughs> or is that still, is that still a cool way to describe your when you're in a group of friends? Is that is that still the thing or uh I, I would imagine that uh the king of uh one-liners and the the guy that's able to create t-shirts at the drop of a hat will come up with something quite clever. Now, and uh, allow me to take this opportunity though, and point out that the individual that threw the hot dog in the ring, (laughs) uh, you you should probably go contact an attorney because I'm sure our good friends at pro wrestling tees will have that one on a t-shirt pretty quick. So that's an interesting observation you just put together. Let me just make sure I've got this right. So it's, it's, it's in the middle of the main event. It's, it's Jericho and LAX just beating the crap out of the bucks. Jericho does just the best. All right, wait, I got a question for everybody. And he's like, who threw the wiener in the ring? (laughs) And now, and I think it was that might have been during a commercial break. I'm not yeah. sure. Well, and uh, now, which, now there's a bunch of remakes of it with all sorts of different music, like uh, "Who Let the Dogs Out." <laughs> yeah. Except it's "Who Threw the Winner in the Ring," and then it's the guys from "Who Let the Dogs Out" going "Who, who, who." <laughs> pretty nice. So, so, so again, so Jericho has has gone from the bubbly. <laughs> to the wiener, <laughs> just in the matter of of days. Is there anything Chris Jericho can't do? I mean, really? Oh, and and that's why you know you can rank him up there with the best of all time. I, I mean, mean, he literally has this crazy ability to make everything look good. Oh, hey, hey, and, and stunning news. Stunning, Brian. This is absolutely jaw-dropping. Tamina is now the WWE 24-7 champion. All right, back to AEW. Uh, yeah, back, back to AEW. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> so during the, uh, the melee between Moxley and Kenny Omega, when Mox hits the DDT... On Omega, we get the first holy shit reference 
from commentary, and it wasn't Tony Schiavone, and it wasn't Excalibur. It was Jim Ross. Well, and not only that, but if you if you heard them commentating uh, Pac and um, Adam Page, or not, uh, yeah, Adam Page, uh, I'm a little tired. Um, they were quite fond to call out the bastard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One of them, I don't know if it was if it was Shivani or uh, Jim Ross, but they were talking about MJF during their match, and they called MJF a prick. <laughs> I think it was Shivani. I think it was Shivani because they had had some kind of interaction during being the elite one a couple weeks ago. But Shivani's like, "Yeah, what a prick!" I was like, "Oh wow." <laughs> but so yeah, so it's it's kind of kind of kind of funny. I don't necessarily need it all the time, but it's just kind of funny to hear them do it. Yeah, I mean, I like the fact that there's there's humor there. They were having fun. They were enjoying themselves and, and enjoying the energy of the arena. Um, if this is any indication of AEW's, you know, flight pattern, I think we have nothing to worry about. I think AEW is going to do just fine. I, I don't... I, I think we're way too early to, to be concerned. Right, so everything they've done so far has turned to gold, right? Now I'm not going to say that they're going to keep down that path, right? Because that might be very hard to do. And I'm not going to sit here and say that they're going to keep beating NXT in 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 a ratings war or anything like that, but. I mean, they haven't really screwed up much. In the, in, in, I mean, I think people forget that this goes back, you know, a year to uh, um, all. Uh, what all in? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the majority of this roster was on that show. Yeah, I feel and, like. And oh, go ahead. Oh, let me. And while I'm bringing up the roster. Khan, I think it was Tony Khan, did an interview, mm-hmm. or Cody. One of them did an interview uh, where they were discussing um, the type of athletes they have on the roster. Right. And they came out and said that you've only seen maybe 40% of their roster. Like, there, there are more hidden in the wings, much like Hager. Yeah. And Tony Khan come out and said, Hager has been signed for a very long time. Yeah. So I... there's no telling who else it will show up at the right time when they need them. Yeah, when um, Khan does his post-show press conference, which I thought was masterfully done, if there's somebody that's showing a lot of poise in how he handles himself with the press, it's Tony Khan. Um, you know, answering question after question about different guys, different appearances. And when they asked him about Jake Hager, he's like, you know, the cool thing about keeping a secret, and right away you know he's just he's hip to the game. And he's just like, we've had him signed for a long time. So that just tells me that they've got they've got their ship 
in a real, real tight way, which is great. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, they could have people from overseas hidden away. They yeah. have plenty of American talent hidden away. And I, I mean, again, I just, they have not missed much in the, since All Out. And if you don't want to say All Out as an AEW show, fine, great. Right. But again, they haven't missed and they've been, you know, plugging away at this for some time. Um, so all I can do is, you know, not doubt them. And as long as they keep producing, show up and watch the shows. Yeah. Well, and I think that one, one, one of the things we're seeing that AEW has done quite well is managing expectations. So they're not going out there saying we're going to kick somebody's butt. They're not going out there talking about how horrible the competition is or anything like that. They're just going out there saying this is what we've got to offer. We are AEW. Not not trying to rip off NXT there. But this is what we have to offer. This is what we're all about. Tune in and we guarantee you're going to be entertained. That's all they're doing. And they're that formula is successful. Well, that's technically not true. Because <laughs> uh, um, two of them, at least at one time or another, have said that we're going to go to war. And, of course, Jericho has recently backed down and said, well, we're not in this for a war. We're, we're going to do us. So I, I think they are slowly starting to learn the points you just brought up. Yeah. Right. You know, again, uh, so we need something to help get the feet off the ground. Well, crap, they're moving NXT to Wednesday. Okay, let's give them a war. Right. right? And, yep, it works. Okay, we're plugging away at this. And next thing you know, it, the, war, the first night of the war is here. They win. And then there's Jericho, the true veteran might be like, uh, let's temper, let's back it back down, fellas. Let's not, let's not awake this sweet sleeping giant quite yet. Well, and that's, that's interesting because, you know, WWE comes out with a statement where they basically congratulate AEW on their, on their debut. But then they remind in, you know, as snarky as only Vince can be, reminding the fans that it's a, a marathon, not a one night sprint. But, Jericho says they did it because they were panicked and they're they're scared. So it is interesting that Jericho then comes back over going, eh, it's not really a war <laughs> because I'm wondering if maybe he got maybe he got a phone call or a text or something going, Really? <laughs> That's what we're doing. No. No, I, I think it's simply Jericho being the veteran. Yeah realizing that, you know, again, he was in this, he's been in this predicament before. He has. He is not new to this. Whereas, uh, other than, I guess, Dustin would have been through it. Um, plenty of the guys in the back have been through it. So, I, again, I think they probably let him ramble on because it builds, you know, it, it starts to build your product some. Mm-hmm. But then when here everybody's like, okay, well here's the swerve. We're gonna say, well, we're not really at war. You know, 
now that we've brought the audience here, let's let's tone it back down some and focus on producing product now. Well, and and that's just the smart play. It's it's smart because the longer you basically stick to your guns and say, hey, let's just do what we do, the more the more building you can do, the faster you can grow because. When you try to force it, as we've seen in the past, by multiple different attempts in multiple different companies, that's when things go south. That's when things go wrong. And AEW just doesn't have to. They're really not in a position where they have to. No. Mm-mm. Because, again, I, I, I said this a few weeks ago. If, you're, if I'm going to go against the show, I have no problem going against NXT. Because I know what's going to happen. You give them a month, if they beat NXT completely in a month, Vince is going to get involved. And once Vince gets involved, NXT is going to morph into something that they're not going to be able to recover from. And I I think you're beginning to see that because now, if we're going to move to NXT, you have Finn Balor. Well, and that's... the undisputed era and supposedly Balor is getting a faction. So there's that. And then at the end of NXT, so we've covered, we've covered AEW dynamite. We've talked about what they did on television and how they brought the audience in, which I think was a tremendous job. NXT comes out with a very takeover esque type card. Um, Matt Riddle and Adam Cole, they have a great title match. I mean, the two guys are immensely talented. They had a good match. Cole defends successfully, and out comes Finn Balor stating that he's NXT. Well, if you're scratching your head, you're not alone. Finn Balor loses to uh, Bray Wyatt's The Fiend um, you know, at SummerSlam this past August, and we were under the impression that he was taking time off multiple months. Well, he does come back. It's only been a couple months, but comes back, and now he's NXT. Brian's point starts to starts to lay out a little bit, because maybe now you're thinking, hmm, maybe Vince is wondering what to do next. Well, the end of NXT comes, and out comes Tommaso Ciampa, who has been officially cleared to return to the ring. So now... You've got Matt. You got Matt Riddle possibly in the title hunt. Although I have a feeling they're not going to do it. Um, but you got Adam Cole. You got Finn Balor, and now you've got Tommaso Ciampa. And I would only assume that Johnny Gargano is soon to follow in that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think that's smart as far as uh, thinking Gargano is going to be in the mix, mm-hmm. um, and I'm sure he will. And that is a very stacked uh, top half of the card, uh, you know, uh, top half of the roster. Uh, Cole, Gargano, Ciampa, Balor, um, your guy Riddle, if you want to put him in there. Um, As of now, the Velveteen Dream. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're stacked. But, again, I think you were beginning to see the meddling that may take place. And it's only going to take a few pieces of the chessboard being moved, and NXT will not be NXT. Well, and that's that's one of the things that we were talking about as we were leaving the arena Wednesday night was NXT now with Finn Balor showing up is that first hinting that maybe somebody said, hey, 
let's uh, let's throw a surprise in there. Let's do something a little different, which really isn't all that different. But you know, whatever. Now the question becomes, what happens next? And with the draft coming up this coming Friday, which uh, yeah, we're gonna miss that. We got other things to do. We're going to UCW. Talk about that in a little bit. But the draft starts on Friday. Followed up by the end of the draft on Monday, and as it stands, supposedly NXT is involved in the draft. Yeah, all brands are involved. Oh, and uh, also NXT picks up uh, the remnants of 205. That's right. So maybe, maybe that's what happens with NXT is they draft 205 live. <laughs> <laughs> Could maybe they do a matchup? <laughs> Winner gets two hundred five live. <laughs> no, I, I actually I think NXT will change. I think Fox is going to get involved, and Fox is going to want certain people, and I think the Velveteen Dream is one of them. And I think that you know, and we've been talking about the Dream getting called up for what six months? Mm. A good while. Yeah, but I, I think up until this point, it's he should get called up. Right. And I think this is probably, in, in my opinion, he will get called up. So I, I think that's just a smart play. And I think it's a safe bet to say that he'll get called up. If he doesn't, I'd put him in the title hunt, just like you were describing with Champa and Cole and Balor and Gargano. We'll have them all in the mix. But at the same point, if he gets called up, now you've got a void to fill. And we're kind of at that point now, and this is the concern that I was wondering about and I feel was confirmed when I watched NXT after I got home. Is NXT TakeOver now going to become kind of a a bad show? And I hate to put it like that because NXT is usually very good. But they just delivered a very TakeOver quality show this past Wednesday, and it wasn't bad at all. Don't get me wrong. It was not a bad show. But with AEW doing what it's doing now, you can all, all you can do is try to amp it up. So does t- how do you put on a takeover that was, you know, the, well, at least we've got takeover during the Rumble, or at least we got takeover before SummerSlam. You know, how do you put that together? Because at the game of top that, you're about to make it in- immensely harder on yourself. Yeah, but um, you don't need to play a game with top that. <laughs> you need to do what makes NXT great. Right. Right? What sets NXT apart from the main roster. But therein lies the problem. Mm-hmm. They like the panic. You know? They they almost need that panic. Right. Uh, as far as fencing them. And that's where it's going to come back and bite them. Because they're going to hit the panic button. And they're going to start doing it, moving pieces. Oh, man. If, 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 let's put Roman back on NXT. Ooh. Oh, my God, no. Why would you? Why? Why? And I like Roman, but why? <laughs> oh, because, no. <laughs> because in Vince's mind, he's smarter than you, and that makes sense to him. Because, oh, my God, that's going to get ratings. Wow. Well, sure. But it's going to take ratings away from Raw. Or SmackDown, whatever show he's on. Right, right. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because I mean, think about it. There, there may actually be Balor fans 
that now watch NXT that don't watch anything else. Right. Because he's not there. Well, at least in NXT, you know that Balor's going to get TV time. <clears throat> and he's going to probably win some matches. Yeah. But but you know what I'm saying? There are going to be people that do that. that. I think they think that just because the WWE logo is on a program that everybody's going to watch it. Yeah. That's not the case because you're finding out quick that NXT doesn't translate over to Raw and SmackDown for some people. And until we see otherwise, which may happen this just as soon as this coming Wednesday, uh, it doesn't translate to ratings just yet. Not as good as what we've seen so far. Doesn't mean it won't happen. Again, I'm saying it's early, and I get it. But from what we saw this week, there's some work to do. Hey, uh, getting back to AEW, New York Comic Con was this past weekend, and... Would you believe me if I told you that a big fight broke out between Cody Rhodes and Chris Jericho? Uh, I saw that. That was kind of interesting. Yeah, it indeed happened. So there was a panel at Comic-Con that had Chris Jericho, John Moxley, Jungle Boy, Nyla Rose, Awesome Kong, and Brandy Rhodes. Uh, you know, basically doing a and a So at the end of it, a fan... Dressed up as Jericho comes out and praises Chris Jericho. Then uh, comes out and reveals himself to be MJF. And basically runs Chris Jericho down. So as he's running him down, Cody blitzes through the crowd. Confronts Jericho on stage. And a huge brawl gets, gets erupts and broken up by Atlas Security. You should check this out on Twitter if you can find it... Uh, Right on All Elite Wrestling, AE Wrestling is uh, their Twitter handle. There's a great video of it, and, I mean, Cody dives through security. I mean, it's kind of ridiculous, and it's ridiculous in all the right ways. I like the story they're laying out. Uh, Yeah, um, again, they do tell a good story, and they're... Leading up to, um, I think it's what Baltimore, November 9th. That's right, full gear. Cody versus Jericho. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't tell you the name of the pay per view. Full gear. A little bit weird. What is it? Full, full gear. gear. Yep. Is that it. All right. Yeah. I mean, you know, you have so many in your head for so many years. <laughs> <laughs> kind of hard to put a new one in there. <laughs> uh, it's not Survivor um, Series or Takeover, so it's a little weird. Yeah, and I don't mean anything but, by you it. It's, it's you're right. It's just it is weird. Yeah. I mean, think about it: WrestleMania, uh, SummerSlam, Royal Rumble. Yep. Um, Great American Bash. Uh, you know, there's so many out there. You get what at least twelve a uh, twelve a year, mm-hmm. and now you got to add a new one, which is the first time since what uh, late nineties. Early 2000s. So, um, I think they're setting it up great. I don't think it's over. I think it's definitely going to play out more over the next few weeks. I'm hoping that, because as much as I would, I, it makes sense to me to see Cody win the title and then lose it to someone else, I'm kind of hoping that it's some kind of, you remember how they used to do it back in the day, in especially WCW and NWA when they were in Baltimore, 
like there'd be a, a stoppage of the match because of blood loss, so nobody really lost or won. You know what I mean? Like Flair and Luger used mm-hmm. to do it a lot. I would love to see that. That would be cool. Like just have them brawl all over the place, okay. have it be out of control, and now you've got this whole feel of holy crap. You know, it you don't know what you're going to expect next, and I think that would be awesome. Yeah, I, I think you might be smoking crack. <laughs> I think we need we need some type of uh, some type of resolution in this. Do, but would it be too I mean, soon? To consider so, it like resolved at that point. Well, I mean, I think to a point. Uh, I don't see. I really don't see Cody winning personally. Yeah. Um, because I think you could very easily probably take Omega out of the mix. Yeah. Because I'm sure Moxley and him will get into it. So then you'll have the Bucks, uh, Cody, Dustin, um, maybe Adam gets involved by then. Maybe not. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think you... I'm, I'm okay with the faction, but I don't want it to turn like into the NWO. Where a lot of these matches end in, uh, you know, some type of chicanery. Ah, uh, shenanigans and you don't ensues. Ever get, yeah, and you don't get a winner. <laughs> hey, look, Charlotte came out with power. Good for her. Oh, let's see here. Uh, oh, so who, yeah, who else? Give them the rundown. Whatever else you got for NXT. But again, I didn't see it, so you're on. Not a problem. I mean, I'm just going to go over the highlights. I don't. I don't know that we needed an exhaustive reference to it because honestly, while it was takeover quality and while it was definitely an entertaining show, um, really the story of the week outside of SmackDown, and we're going to talk about that in a few minutes. The story of the week really is on AEW and their, I would say, successful debut. Um, but NXT brings out just. They bring out the TakeOver-style show. We've got Matt Riddle and Adam Cole. Great matchup between the two of them. I feel like it was a little soon to pull the trigger on that, but it was wise to go ahead and have Adam Cole come out there and, and defend the title on their big head-to-head. Um, but I would have probably kept Matt Riddle away from that a little bit longer. You were talking to us to me about it on the way home and how Matt Riddle is just not really your thing. But I think that that's the issue. I think there's been a lot of of wrestling uh, fans that just haven't really drawn the parallel yet. And right now it's just because of the uh, the fact that they just don't know him well enough. But who knows? Maybe that's just the way the story is being told. All right. So while we're talking about that, I, I think for me, again, if you put uh, Cole versus Velveteen Dream, I think I'm watching that as opposed to Cody and Gabar. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, because you don't really know and, what's going to happen. And again, right, I'm not saying anything against Riddle here. But for me, that match doesn't do anything for me. doesn't push any button. Right. And they, as, as professing to be, you know, the the leader in sports entertainment, which hopefully we're going to get rid of that before too long. Um, they should have their their fingers on the pulse, right? And know that that's probably not something we want to go 
head-to-head with on a debut. And remember, at one time, that match was not scheduled first. That didn't pop up until like that day or something. Or the day before. Oh, yeah, we're going to have a title match. Ooh. And here's who it is. Oh, okay. Well, I'm sure there, there's a lot of fans that were like, eh, okay, whatever. Well, and that's Next. just it. They hadn't really drawn, because Matt Riddle shouldn't be booked in street fights with Killian Dane. Matt Riddle should be booked in matches with guys like Roderick Strong, in my opinion. Because the match is going to be better, people are going to be more entertained, and people are going to see what Matt Riddle can do. Putting him in a street fight doesn't show what he can do. It just shows he can fight. Okay, great. They should all be able to fight. <laughs> that's I mean, that's my opinion. They should all be able to fight. But anyway, um, I felt like with NXT, what they did with Riddle and, and Cole wasn't the worst decision, but it could have definitely been smarter. Um, Shayna Baszler successfully defends against Candice LeRae. Brian, what do you know? You got, you got it right on that prediction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, you know, again, that if that was first, that may very well have prompted me to turn to turn the channel. Because again, that one there is always that that thought that she could pull it off. Yeah, I mean, you got you got Funaki and uh, Archer. Oh, wow! Tamina just ate the. Uh... It is super kick from Carmella. Anyway, um, you got this whole thing about counter programming and all that from WWE and AEW. Fans complaining that WWE is quote unquote playing dirty. It's not playing dirty. They're trying to win. It's what competitors and competing competing companies will do. But this week was just the wrong move, um, and it was proven because the opening segment with Cody and Sammy was clearly going to gonna be off the wall and and we knew it was I thought in my head I was like this is a risk going against Cole and Riddle but Brian's right fans did not just say hey I want to watch Riddle and Cole because their immediate thought process was I kind of know what's going to happen here and they were probably right but Velveteen Dream and Cole there's that possibility that Velveteen Dream might come away as a champ food for thought the main event was the tag team championship between the Undisputed Era and the Street Profits. This matchup, in my opinion, it was very good. I would have would not have minded either way about the winner. I wouldn't have minded if the Street Profits had won it back. But, you know, good for the Undisputed Era retaining. Still, this match, in my opinion, is what should have started NXT. And Adam Cole and Matt Riddle should have finished it. Because I feel like if I'm watching, because to me, I'm not big on the big stable beatdown, which is what we saw with Jericho closing out the show. For me, I'd have probably wanted to see the title match, so I'd have left it on that. Doesn't mean that I would have known what to expect, because as a fan, nobody knew until after the fact, right? It's just a thought mm. process looking back, so it's more like armchair quarterbacking. But Well, yeah, but for your point, though, you could have had the tag match. Yep, and you could have had, you know, a perceived injury or something to Fisher or uh, mm-hmm. right? To maybe, oh, they're hurt. They're, they they may not be able to help Cole, and then you know, make it a little bit easier for maybe Riddle to fend off a few of them, right? 
But again, you're right. It, it's going to be a four on one at one point in time. And that's just, and, I just, I don't know. I don't, I'm not big on, on the big stable beatdowns. I never have been. I mean, the six-man tag between Jericho and LAX and, and the Bucks and Omega was great on its own. The fact that it turned into what it turned into, you had no really way of knowing that was going to happen. But if you're going to stack the deck in your favor, looking back on it, I definitely would have put the tag match first. Mm-hmm. But that's kind yeah. of really it. I mean, as far as news coming out of NXT from Wednesday, that was really the, the talking points. That's why when, when Brian was saying, I'm only going to give you three minutes, he's probably justified in that because it's probably a minute and a half too long because there really wasn't that much to talk about from a show that should have been, it should have been tons to talk about. All right, so, and let me ask you this. So, was there more talking than normal? The segments that were that were running the best were the matches, but there was a few more flashback kind of uh, vignettes that didn't need to be there. Okay, so so again, now we're taking main roster influence and putting it on NXT, right? Because I can tell you what separates NXT from the rest. It's NXT is built around wrestling. Right. Right? If you had if you were to take the three shows, NXT, Raw, and SmackDown, and you say, hey, how would you rank them as far as sports entertainment? NXT doesn't come close. Right? But rank them as far as wrestling, NXT is your top show. Right. And once you start deviating from that, you lost. I mean, it's, it's that easy, fellas. And that's that's what makes NXT so appealing to watch. Because for too long, you've been giving us the, the segments of uh, somebody sleeping with somebody in a coffin. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, somebody giving birth to a hand. While funny... I don't necessarily need to see it when I'm watching pro wrestling or sports entertainment for that matter. Right. And I think, again, give it a few weeks, a few more losses, and you're going to see more sports entertainment on NXT. And that's going to be where they're going to have to start getting better at developing, you know, intriguing content. Because if you're going to start stepping it up into the entertainment field, you better make sure it's some top-notch stuff. Because right now, you just you just really... And again, we, we both know, we all know that this is way early. We get that. But you just threw a takeover at, at, a, at a juggernaut. You just threw it at Dynamite. And it didn't work. Now, you can say a lot, and I think it's a safe assessment to say this is their first show, so that's why you got so much. That's a fair statement, but going into next week, where you've got Adam Page and Dustin Rhodes against uh, Jericho and Sammy Guevara on the next Dynamite, you better have something more up your sleeve than just somebody coming out there and not getting in it. Like, Balor comes out there and does a face-to-face, but doesn't fight. Tommaso Ciampa comes out there and doesn't fight. So, okay... 
you you teased it. Now you've got to deliver on it, and this isn't the time where you can fall short. No, because you start to fall behind, you got to play catch up. Yep, and that's where and mistakes get made. Yeah, that's where the mistakes get made. <laughs> if you don't believe me, uh, how long was it? Fifty two, fifty two weeks. 83 weeks. Or 83 weeks. There Come on. 83 Conrad weeks. will tell you, 83 weeks. <laughs> and guess what happened? That one time they made that mistake and yep. fell behind, they never recovered. They thought they were smarter than everybody else in the room. They gave out the results of Mick Foley winning the title, and that was that. All of a sudden, everybody said, what? Well, I want to see that. And that's yep. all you needed. And I bet you you won't you won't hear that coming out of an AEW broadcast now. Ever, <laughs> ever, it would be like the the, the kiss of death. Although yeah. I don't know if you did it like during a uh, Maria Canella segment, maybe nobody would change the channel. <laughs> well, I guess uh, I guess that's maybe true. You give away some of the twenty four seven results or something. <laughs> our, our truth is for the hundredth time you're twenty four seven champion. Well that and and it being live now too, probably you probably couldn't do it all that well. Right. So, but uh, you know, again, so you know as well as I do that I've been a huge fan of what AEW's been building for the last couple of years. Oh yeah. Right? I was a fan of these guys, uh, Omega and the Bucks, well before then. I would tell you all about them. I'd tell you to watch these matches. These matches are crazy. I'd tell you how good Omega was. And I'd finally get you all to watch Omega and Okada, and you all start to, you start to, start to believe, right? Right. Well, here we are, and I, we've had the discussion no, nope. WWE can't be toppled, right? Well, maybe not. However, they may not be as invincible as everybody thinks. Well, and that's just that's the thing. They don't have. Oh wow! To... Charlotte's bleeding again. <laughs> She's getting to be like, like her, her old man. <laughs> <laughs> Stiff wind, and now Charlotte's bleeding. <laughs> I, mean, I love them flares. <laughs> it's it's one of those things where to, in today's product, you you can't afford to slip up, but so many times, and and we're seeing, you know, what we knew as from a fan perspective, chinks in the armor for WWE, but from a company perspective, you got to remember that their stock prices are growing. They're I mean they're growing in the right ways, and. Well, yes, we, we're fi- finding the holes in the armor there, the, the dents and the dings. AEW doesn't necessarily have to topple the giant. They just have to stay. They just have to stay around. All you have to do is outlast. You don't have to beat them. You outlast them. Because that's how you stay. That's how you win in this. That's what WWE ultimately did to WCW. They didn't necessarily, you know, reinvent the wheel. All they did was outlast because WCW was making mistake after mistake. And like Brian was saying, it wasn't too long before those mistakes piled up way too high and they just could never overcome it. Because they did have good competition, excuse me, not competition, but good content in 99 and 2000. It wasn't all a wash. Nope. 
And and again, so here to make my point, I don't know about the rest of you, but my viewing of Hell in a Cell, I've seen an error probably about fifteen times. Right. So that's that's what you're giving your audience, your dedicated audience, is error after error after error after error. And I haven't, Where, I haven't even looked at Twitter. I can only imagine it's a fluster with all of that. Yeah, I, I mean, how are you going to feel if the fans that are borderline on the fence, right now, say like, "Well, you know what? I think it's time I cancel my subscription." Hmm. You get enough of them. Guess what happens? That all that money starts flying out the window. Right? Right. Well, there are other ways for them to lose money. I mean, we haven't even talked about SmackDown yet. Well, and that's and that's where we really start to see, and, and what better way to start getting into... Oh, you got to be kidding. <sighs> Did you get another error? No. <laughs> I wish. No, Charlotte... Uh, yeah, I haven't gotten there yet. You zip your mouth. <laughs> You'll see it in a second. Yeah. Boy, she is busted. Ew, that's nasty. So, Brian's going to see it here in just a second, but the, the the chinks in the armor that we've been talking about for WWE, it's not a new thing, not a new fad, definitely not a, new, uh, a big secret. Uh, but SmackDown may have exposed the biggest one of them all. And that's the inability to truly surprise the WWE audience anymore. And I say that is kind of sarcastic, but also kind of uh, truthful. Because SmackDown was set up to be the big, big launch on Fox TV. And, to their credit, it was a big launch. The the new set looked amazing. Um, some of the, the broadcasting and the, and the, de- the defined ways that they were trying to be different was cool. I like that they're calling it combat rather than sport now. I like that they're doing some of those changes that can really help them out. But you got a lot of work to do to really separate yourself from the pack, but you definitely took some good steps. But let's go ahead and talk about the, the, the event that everyone's been talking about of the show, and that is, of course, Brock Lesnar... Beating no, Kofi. no, 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 no. We cannot jump right to the end. We cannot. No, we got. We let's. We'll we'll speed through everything else because I think we can speed through everything else. But I have some feelings on on, on that one. All right. Well, so because Brian asked so nicely. All right, let's go ahead and zip through the show here. So uh, they do it up real big for the premiere. The blue carpet, the you know, the press conference outside. You got Fox execs in the front row. You got everything that you need to see in a big premiere, and I was okay with that actually. Yes. Uh, uh, now Bailey's crying. What is this going to happen to me? <laughs> Who better than Kane? Oh. Right, right. Everybody. Oh wait. Um, <laughs> That's not right. You know, again, you turn Bailey bad. And this is what you're getting. Yeah, and Charlotte looks like a heel. Right, but everybody cheered her. Right. I, I'm so confused. 
All right, so they show segments and and different clips of different famous moments from SmackDown's past, like the the supermarket brawl between Austin and Booker T, all sorts of cool moments. So we get we get to see Steve Austin in a pre-recorded video package to help hype the show. That's right, Steve Austin was it was advertised for SmackDown. So what do we get? A pre-recorded segment. The Undertaker was advertised. What did we get? Well, we didn't get The Undertaker. As a matter of fact, not only did we not get The Undertaker, his comment was he was told that he wasn't needed. You dust, out the, you dust the mothballs off The Undertaker every single chance you get when it comes to big moments for Raw, but the big premiere on Fox where you've already advertised him... You tell him that you're that he's not needed. We've been saying well, for a good while in corner to corner that maybe Undertaker should retire, maybe, right? We've been saying that, but this is something you advertised him for, and I get it. Card subject to change, but he's not on the card. Let's be smarter than that. What you got, Brian? Oh, uh, well, I was just gonna gonna say that I'm not a big fan of dusting off like 20 million legends to hype a show. Right. I think ultimately that hurts your show because while it may give you a boost in ratings because again everybody was expecting to see Austin and The Undertaker and whoever else was advertised and didn't show up it doesn't do nothing for your guys your active roster. Did Caleb Braxton, or, or, or is that, I don't know who that was, but they just called Dan Gable Shorty. <laughs> okay, anyway, going back to SmackDown. Sorry, I just happened to catch it. I don't know. I, I don't mind them doing the Legends if it's done, like, like with what we saw Monday night where Flair and Hogan are in the middle of the ring, and Flair was clearly not sober. I'll call it what it is. He was definitely not. And Miz and Hogan are trying their hardest to keep this segment moving in the right direction. You know, just to keep it moving as they announce Team Hogan versus Team Flair. And that's that's okay. I'm okay with that. Oh, ow. Damn it. I hate Paracord. Anyway. Um... It was one of those moments where you're like, okay, it's ending, we've now got a team match, and it's a setup for a show. That I'm okay with, but like, yeah, just but having them out there so, as a party is kind of dumb. So let me ask you. Sure. Right? What what show is that supposed to be on? Oh, you mean the, the match they set? Yeah, 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 the Saudi show. Okay. So it's not a uh, Survivor Series? No. Right? No, it's not. Um, it's not a WrestleMania. No, no. Um, so basically it's a, just a regular pay-per-view, right? Yes. And again, what need do you have to dust off Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair and have them get 10 guys? Is it eight or 10? I think it's eight, Uh, but you might be right. It might be Okay. All right, so, but what sense does it make? Oh, well, yeah, so this is brilliant. We're going to have Flair on one side and Hogan on the other, and we're going to make it a big eight-man match. For what? Why? 
Hmm. Now, does that mean that the because we have a draft coming up, does that mean that all eight competitors are still going to remain on the same show? Oh, that's a good hmm. question. I hadn't even thought of that. Right. So, if they're not on the same show in the months leading up to this, whatever heat you may have generated that night is going to disappear yeah. very fast. Okay? So, again, that was a pointless segment. And it was pointless to dust them off. And, again, the only reason why you do it is to, A, hype Crown Jewel, and that wasn't a great show last time, right? We can all agree to that. I don't think it's been very good, like, at all. Like, I don't think any of their Saudi shows have been that good. Okay. So, again, so we have to dust off Hogan and Flair because their guys can't get it done to hype a show. And we're going to do it on a, what, season premiere for the first time in God knows how many years that that show's been on. We have a season premiere. Hmm. Yeah, I could do without them. It's like on SmackDown when The Rock comes out to beat up um, King Corbin. So again, so now you're going to listen to the fans when they tell you they didn't want King Corbin and well, let's bring The Rock out to beat him up. Really? Well, I mean, I don't. I wouldn't say they listened to him because guess what happened? Uh, as soon as <laughs> as soon as the matchup was done, the uh... <laughs> I mean, it's just, like, Corbin ends up attacking uh, Gable backstage after the match is done. So, clearly, they're going to keep Corbin moving, which is just ridiculous. Oh, yeah. So, don't get me wrong. I I think they should. However, what sense does it take or what does it make for The Rock to come out there and beat him up? Right. Aren't you now just dragging him further down? I mean, we all understand this is The Rock. But, I mean, he, he's supposed to be your golden boy right now. King Corbin, yay. And, no, we're going to feed him to The Rock and Becky Lynch. Don't even forget Becky Lynch. Yeah, it's there's so many different pieces that just don't make any damn sense. <laughs> I don't I don't understand where they're coming from and the buildup for some of this stuff. Like, we're getting ready to head into the main event of Hell in a Cell right now. Seth Rollins in the beast or excuse me the fiend uh bray wyatt one of the things that i think was done really well with bray wyatt is one of my biggest fears coming out of smackdown so bray wyatt and the fiend has been built up so well just as a a, a scary a truly scary character that fans love bray wyatt the talk show kids show host and they're terrified of The Fiend. So much, in fact, that they prepped this up with Seth being terrified of The Fiend, which I did. But with everything they've done right so far to build this up, I feel like they went over the top with The Fiend having him jump Seth again because now my biggest fear, and we're about to find out in about 15, 20 minutes, is that Seth's going to stomp The Fiend's head into the mat and that's it and we get nothing. And that's just such a damn waste. Because you've got all of these different pieces that you can utilize, especially at the big premiere for SmackDown. And 
I just, ah, yeah. It really just didn't sit well with me. Um, so, of course, you talked about it. Becky and The Rock beat the crap out of Baron Corbin in a segment that was entertaining, but maybe not necessary. Sasha Banks and Bailey against Charlotte and Becky. Great tag match. I'll give them credit for that. But Charlotte and Becky win at this one. So now, to me, as and I always get annoyed hearing this, but 50-50 booking apparently is as actually a thing, especially when it comes to the women's division. Because flip a coin, you can never really tell who's going to win in those. Seth Rollins and Shinsuke Nakamura was an amazing matchup possibility. That I really dug. I like to see this maybe one more time. A couple more times, maybe. Because Nakamura is starting to hit a stride. Now, I don't know how much longer is on his uh, on his contract. But I would love to see him face Seth Rollins at least one more time. Uh, Kevin Owens and Shane McMahon in a ladder match. The winner gets to fire the other one. I'm glad that Kevin Owens won this matchup. The match is uh, actually was very good. So Shane McMahon continues to, li- to deliver in a good match environment. But, now, of course, it had to be a gimmick. Your, yeah, but before you get your hopes up, we have been down this road before with the McMahons several times only for them to come out like the next week and be like, no, nope, didn't happen. Right. I'm still here. Didn't fire me. So... I'm, I'm. It's quite possible that he will be fired as an in-ring performer, mm-hmm. but still be some type of authority figure. Uh, right now, uh, the fiend making his way to the ring. The crowd is lit up. The fireflies are out like crazy. They've done something new with it, Brian. This time with the uh, the red as he's walking down to the ring. Um, and I'm noticing they must have done something to change the LED because it's changed up a little bit. It's not as distorted. Well, somehow or another, my uh, Hell in a Cell went to the uh, pre-show. Oh, so, congratulations, great. WWE. Y'all are clicking on all cylinders. Jeez, that's awful. <laughs> uh, I'll try to keep you apprised, sir. Uh, we go to... From from Kevin Owens and Shane O'Mac, when again I want to say that this was a great matchup. They, these guys really tore it down. Um, to the first of two major surprises, Braun Strowman and The Miz and Heavy Machinery take on Dolph Ziggler, Robert Roode, Orton, and AJ Styles, which unique little mix there. Um, ah, that headlamp is freaking scary. So it's a, I guess it was a an eight man or a ten man tag. Eight-man tag match. And in the midst of all of this matchup, Braun Strowman goes, you know, basically like he does his freight train thing running around the ring. So in doing this, he bulldozes uh, Dolph Ziggler into the guardrail, which just happens to land almost in the in the lap of Tyson Fury. Big, big pro boxer, really big, like, huge guy. Um... They crept it up or blew it up as, like, this is a huge thing. Can't believe he's there. Can I just say, outside of reading this, I have absolutely no freaking idea who Tyson Fury is. Why the heck do I need to care about who this guy is? Yeah, I I agree, too. And, again, if I'm on the WWE roster, 
I'm taking this as a shot at me personally. If you're going to bring in some boxer and put right. him in a program with Braun Strowman. And, hey, let's let's be real here. Um, maybe Tyson Fury turns into a good investment. I'm not saying it's impossible. I know nothing about the guy, period. I, I know nothing about him. Generally speaking, when it comes to somebody in the crowd or something, ask Brian, ask Rob, I can find it. I'll find information on him. I got nothing. Nothing. Oh, and they're just going to fight in the red, huh? That's that's what we're going to do? Oh, good Lord. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this might be an <laughs> interesting matchup. All right. So, Strowman gets the win, and then there's this stare down between Tyson Fury and Braun Strowman. Again, who cares? <laughs> I, I don't get it. I mean, they're taunting it and touting it over on uh, ESPN and everywhere else that this is a big, big moment for WWE. You know, I hope it turns into something bigger than it is. I hope that maybe Tyson Fury is a freaking savant and that we have a great brawl, but I, I kind of doubt it. I'm thinking more along the lines of Butterbean. Sorry, I, so sorry Mr. Fury. I, I won't say Butterbean, but I will call this as nothing more than a publicity stunt. Right. Um, and that's that's exactly what it is. I really don't think he'll turn into – Ronda Rousey and actually compete at WrestleMania right. and, you know, pull off a title win. Um, I, you know, I, it's a publicity stunt. And it did exactly what it was supposed to do. It generated traffic and the mainstream media picked up on it. So it, that's, that's exactly, and again, this is the problem when you, when you back yourself into this corner, you better hope it produces when the time comes for it to happen, or you're going to look like fools. So, just just to keep everybody apprised, yes, it appears that this Universal title match is all going to be broadcast with the red lighting. And it actually is starting to hurt my eyes also. I agree with the folks on Twitter. Um we go from this thing with Tyson Fury and Braun Strowman to a lumberjack match between Eric Rowan and Roman Reigns. Surprisingly enough, this matchup wasn't all that bad. I'm not a big fan of Eric Rowan. I never have been. I'm not saying the guy's incapable, but they always seem to have to have somebody to bring him up to speed, whether it's Luke Harper, Bray Wyatt, Braun Strowman. It didn't matter. It just that's, who they, that's what they do. But this matchup was actually pretty good, and it even gets to a point where, where Roman Reigns, you've probably seen the footage of this where Roman Reigns dives over the top rope and give this guy credit. He has got some crazy hops because he flies over the top rope, clears it with no problem, not even a little bit of a hint of a problem and lands into the big group of lumberjacks. So uh, he ends up hitting the spear for the win, which again makes me question, why did we need to see tonight's tag match? You just beat your your enemy. You just beat the guy that tried to kill you. It's done. Why do we need another one? Shoddy. Well, I won't say shoddy booking, but um, I don't know. I mean, you could have very easily ended it on on SmackDown and given Roman something else to do tonight. Yeah, I, I just... Look, I, I don't get me wrong. I felt like Daniel Bryan did great work as a bad guy, and I am kind of glad to see him head towards the back being a good guy because, you know, he, he ebbs and flows, and, and then it works for him. But with this whole deal, 
you could have actually done a few different directions and made Daniel Bryan still a bad guy and have this really work a little bit differently. But you lost it. You, you screwed that up, and now you're stuck now because your storyline's done. Eric Rowan, and, and I'm sorry to say it, but Eric Rowan's going to go back into obscurity, and Luke Harper's going to take the spotlight because Luke Harper is just the better performer. And well, we still have a main event to get through before they just happy trails off into the sunset. You're talking about SmackDown's main event. No, no, I'm talking about this main event. Where it very easily could have Rowan and Harper come out to help. That's a fair statement. We've been hearing rumbling and, and seeing rumors that this could possibly be a new Wyatt family coming out, which is just basically the reuniting of. Um, but yeah, supposedly there's a rumor that Harper and Rowan come out to help the Fiend. That would be cool. But, again, that puts Eric Rowan in obscurity, whereas Luke Harper and Bray Wyatt are the stars. He's just the muscle, which... Ooh, right into the cage. So, now we get to the most talked about eight seconds in wrestling right now. We're there, Brian. We've arrived at the hottest eight seconds in wrestling. Was it eight seconds? (laughs) Eight seconds. Freaking seconds, dude. Eight, Eight seconds. seconds. Yeah. Kofi Kingston and Brock Lesnar. Now, Brian and I have gone back and forth on this. I said, to my defense, that Brock's probably going to win. Brian said, nope, Kofi's keeping it. Till WrestleMania. Yep. Yeah. So, Brian, I've never been more pissed that you were wrong. <laughs> because not only, and, and I'm I'm going to go on two different directions on this, so people will probably say I'm flip-flopping, I get it, but not only did they just obliterate Kofi Kingston and take the title off of him, then, then they basically make a mockery of it and have some, guess what, another UFC guy come out and confront Brock Lesnar. And apparently Brock's scared of him now because of the knockout that he delivered to Brock Lesnar back in the cage. I'm going to put it put it to you like this. I don't give two craps about Cain Velasquez. I never did. I'm not a big UFC guy. I watch it from time to time. But frankly, it's more of a novelty to me. Yeah, that's right. I think UFC is more of a novelty than WWE. Call it what you want. I don't care. And it's it's really, really a slap in the face to Kofi Kingston. But, this is where I go to the other side. Kofi will recover and most likely get that title back. We ain't done with that. Does it mean he's going to get it back before Mania? I, oh, snap. Well, my prediction just got shot to the wind because uh, Bray just stood right back up. Oh, Sister Abigail, that was tight. Uh, he just got back up after the stomp. Mm. Wow. I mean, he stood up like Road Warrior Pop. <laughs> it's the mask. It it's gotta be. I, I'm so in Bray's corner for this right now. Um, but Brock Lesnar winning the title does nothing, nothing for me, nothing for fans. They're trying, and and I'm I'm glad they at least made it evident to make a shift instead of being sports entertainment to being combat sports. I'm okay with um, that. Oh, what the hell? So let me let me ask you something there. Mr. Combat Sports. Go for it. So, you made the comment earlier, right, about Jericho number of matches and Brock Lesnar's number of matches. 
Right, right. Right? So if uh, history holds true to form, Brock Lesnar will not defend that title again until WrestleMania, where he will face Kane Velasquez. Or maybe the Rumble, but yeah, I agree. No, it'll be past the Rumble. Oh, wow. Because with, with him having a knee injury, you know, it, I don't know how bad it is, but it may, I mean, because the Rumble ain't but what, uh, three, two months, three months away? So you don't know how hell's hammers and uh, anyway you don't know how bad that is, right? So you got to make sure that knee is in tip top shape first. I didn't know the fiend was Harley Quinn. What the hell? <laughs> I'm so confused. <laughs> uh, I, I think it'll be three. WrestleMania because they'll be banking on a bigger match feel at WrestleMania. Yeah. And and I feel that like I'm I'm with you on that and I think I'm okay with like like I said I'm okay with the combat sports kind of attitude but you're right that Brock has never been positioned in a way where they're gonna make him actually wrestle on a weekly basis that ain't gonna nope. happen um, Cain Velasquez isn't gonna wrestle on a weekly basis if you think Cain nope. Velasquez is gonna do it you're high. Your crack is better than anybody's beer. You know what I'm saying? You're out of your mind. Because, kid, I mentioned that Cain Velasquez looked like a bald great Kali hobbling his way out to the ring. What the hell uh, is well, that? Not to, <laughs> not to mention that most people thought it was uh, Dominic. Dominic. <laughs> yes, you're right. Most people were like, Dominic shaved his head and grew some muscle. Well, no, because he also would have had to grow like two feet, but okay. <laughs> in a week. <laughs> and hey, Monday night with the beatdown that Brock gave to Rey Mysterio and Dominic, that might have been cool if it was Rey and Dominic coming out there costing Brock the match. That would have been cool. Oh, there's another stomp. Here we go, Brian. It's over. Here's a stomp. Oh, no, not another. Well, I just witnessed, like, he's just gone through, like, four or five of them. Are That's we at the same spot? Three. Yeah, we are. Here we go. He's going to hit another one. Oh, wow. He's going this for it. Crowd is he just hit the pedigree on mine. Is he going to win with the then pedigree? There's the other stomp. <laughs> oh, God. This then is weak. Whack. Uh, but, I mean, so, uh, like, what? Who, who said in the back? Who was in the back and said, yep, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to put Cain Velasquez out there. You know what? Hold on, Steve. Hold on, Undertaker. Cain's got this. God dang it. So my feed keeps jumping back to the beginning. Oh, jeez. Not another stomp. Are you freaking kidding me? Well, I, w- I really want to know, right, Ugh. in my opinion, or not, not in my opinion, but for me, who signed off on Ouch. an eight-second squash? Of Kofi Kingston, who, since he won that title, has defended that thing successfully against a number of top stars. I there is no way Kofi recovers. So you think Kofi's Kofi's run at the top is completely done now? Yes. The way wow. you squashed him out in eight seconds. Eight. <laughs> 
seconds. Why Why would you say that it's done? Is it because of just the fashion of, of him losing or who he lost to? The fashion that you punked him out. You punked him out. You didn't – I mean, there's no other ifs, ands, buts about it. That was a punking. Right. Because you, you went eight seconds, boom, boom, and guess who shows up? Somebody else. Right? And he's not alone. Ray's with him. So when Ray heals, guess who's getting a title shot? Right? Right. So it's going to be Ray and Brock. Right. And that's going to suck, by the way. (laughs) That'll carry for a little bit. Eventually, you're going to get Kane and and Brock. Brock's not going to lose that title anytime soon. So when does Kofi get it? Because, again, there's no guaranteed rematches. You already he already got beat in eight seconds. Do you think they're gonna fall for Seth? Another Seth where Seth gets beaten and next time he faces him he just happens to beat Brock? You yeah, think we're gonna fall that for happening. that again? I don't see that happening. Nope. So tell me how tell me how Kofi gets it off Brock. He ain't. I don't think he's gonna get it off Brock. I'll give you that. But I don't so think then, his run at the top is done. But it's definitely on hold. It is definitely on hold for mm, six months. Uh, nope, longer. When what was Brock's last title ring? You mean total time amount? Yeah, total time because you can't count matches. Uh, I th- I saw this stat. I want to say it's like twenty five minutes total match time. No, 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 no. Total length holding the title. Oh, like match. how many days? I got you. I got you. Um, yeah. I'll say 180 and just be – I'll guess low and say 180 days. I mean, normally when he holds it, he holds it. Yeah, right? last time he held it before that was almost a year. No, it was over a year. That's right, because they celebrated that and then Seth beat him. Yeah, so – they have no problem putting it on him and just letting him hold it. And again, he doesn't. They don't make him wrestle, so he might wrestle every third pay per view. Well, the third one's the Rumble. The one after that, you know, he'll have to wrestle at WrestleMania. Is the fiend uh, bleeding? Uh, I'm not sure. I got a ladder on top of him now. Oh man, and a chair. <laughs> I will say this. I'm a fan of them making him have to go through every single crazy-ass trick in the book to try to make him lose, and he hasn't yet. I dig that. Ow! Freaking toolbox. It's open. It's not going to matter. Now it's light. Now you're using a piece of paper. You suck at this, Seth. <laughs> so, but but again, I, I do not see Kofi. It might be one thing if they gave Kofi a 15-minute match a 20-minute match, and gave him a, a near fall or two. Right. You know? And then he goes to Suplex City. But, I mean, literally, Kofi runs at him, gets destroyed, and pinned in eight seconds. That was... And the thing was, like, they did that... Uh, I don't know if you saw it, but they did this interview with Kofi after the match. Like, oh, that's got to be heartbreaking. I know, I know how hard you worked as champion and all of that. And, and by the way, while this is going on, Twitter is losing its mind. 
like, oh, God, WWE is trying to kill us. This is the worst thing ever. Kofi, this has got to be a racist thing. It's not a racial thing, by the way, before you get stupid. No. It's not a racist thing. Um, no. But, you know, and I get it. I get the frustration because I like Kofi Kingston. I'm a fan. Of, I don't have a problem with him being champ. But the recognition here is this. They're trying to set up for a switch. Was this the right one? No, it wasn't. It wasn't the switch. But <laughs> that's what they're setting up. I do think, and, and I guess I'm just going to disagree until, well, I can kind of agree and disagree on this because I think Kofi's not going to see the top of the card for another six months now. Because Brian's probably right. It's probably going to be Mania until Brock has to drop the title, much less defend it. God dang it. It did it again. Back to the beginning? Yeah, I just saw Becky beat uh, Sasha Banks. (laughs) Oh, wow. Hey. (laughs) Well, at least you got a good match going on. That match was pretty good, by the way. Oh! that, That match was pretty good. Wait. Wait. What? You can't. Are you kidding me? Did he win? No, no. A DQ and held in the cell. Are we retarded? Have you really? Not to uh, <laughs> you know put put any offense to any of our special needs folks, but uh, Seth just did. So okay, first off, fix the lighting. This is now annoying. So okay, let's let's give the rundown. It was chairs, a ladder, a toolbox. All on top of Bray Wyatt's head. A sledgehammer. Did he hit him with a sledgehammer? Yeah. So then he hits him in the head with the sledgehammer, and the referee rings the bell, the disqualification. Oh, and might I point out that we are only 10-15. So, when does a Hell in the Cell match end in a freaking disqualification? Uh, yeah, really. That, by the way, is never. Oh. So if if Mick Foley falling through a cage and giving the tooth through his nose and onto a table <laughs> and all that stuff didn't oh, merit oh, a disqualification. Wait, Bray's alive. Mandible claw. Alright, where's the ref? Make the count. Count the pin. Where are you? You're not gonna It's done, no, right? They rang the Seth back. just rolled out. Seth somebody after twenty years breaks a mandible claw and it's Seth Rollins. Funny. What? What? How does that work? Jeez. Lame. That's whack. Here's where, this Dumb. is where, one, yet again, they screw it up. So, are they going to end it at 10.15 here? 10.20? Oh, right on the concrete. Ouch. Was there anything else? I mean, unless somebody comes out and says, that's not the way this is going to end, That's uh, got to be Cain Velasquez. Oh, <laughs> sorry, they did that Friday. <laughs> Here comes Kane. So we're going to get 15 minutes of Seth getting beat up. So, for the record, when everybody stood up and said, nope, there's no way the WWE can get beat. Uh, here you go. Yeah, um, by the way, for the, for the folks at home, um, AEW... <laughs> probably just they're gained. laughing. Yeah, right now they're just thinking we're about to gain three million viewers <laughs> because this is what you don't do in the middle of a war is crap on your audience. 
people are chanting to restart the match. Oh! Ouch. That's nasty. And I have another error. So, I wonder well, then, if I can get my money back for this. Uh, hey, contact the network. They'll most likely at least give you a free month out of the deal. Tell them you're going to cancel. They'll give you a free month. <laughs> yeah, I may not want a free month after this. <laughs> I might be like, uh, you keep your free ew, month. Ew, ew. So now they go to the regular feed, right? And he's spitting blood. Oh, that's just freaking nasty. All right. So oh that my was god, a, that's that gross. stupid gimmick chair again. <laughs> Damn it! Twitter, tw- you, th- you think Twitter's in up in uproar yet? Ew, man! Until they find out, out somebody's bleeding. Now I just have a WWE logo. Is wow! That, is that it? Oh, there we go. Okay. Uh, that makes no sense. Black screen. <laughs> no sense. Well, hopefully, all you, uh, well, Brian. What do you call those? Uh... Yeah. <laughs> so I, I really hate being right, but their mindset, the, these, uh, ever since WCW folded, has literally been to let's see how we can screw the fan over. They do not care about their fans because if they did, there's no way they would have ever allowed that to take place. None whatsoever. That makes no sense on no level. I don't care what former WWE star that comes out and says, yep, that made perfect sense. You just don't understand. No. Yeah, WWE just crapped all over their fan base just immediately. Uh, First off, um, what's that, like 12 curb stomps? (laughs) All of that. I mean, that's just dumb. And for Seth Rollins and them to say, yep, that makes sense, you're dumb. Literally. Because when people start turning the channel, you can mark this pay-per-view as the start. Yeah. So anyway, uh, do we have anything else for SmackDown? Uh, Cain Velasquez, Cain Velasquez, Cain Velasquez, and here's Cain Velasquez. So did you... do you, do you get the little pop-ups from the corner-to-corner chat? I do. Crowd is booing did, did and chanting AEW. AEW? <laughs> wow. There you go. One, one full swoop. The idiots. Yeah. Have allowed this to happen. No, no, no. Not the idiots. It's the AEW. Excuse me, the WWE. Almost Almost went too far. The WWE bobbleheads. They ruined it. Oh, no, no, no. No, I you, I cannot classify the brass of the WWE's bobbleheads. They're just so out of touch with wrestling. It's crazy. And again, this is not new. I have been on this soapbox for some time. Uh... I think it's time that you might fire those soap opera writers, go out there and find some people that can write wrestling who know wrestling, and get back to what made you here or made you great in the first place. Would an event like <clears throat> what we just saw and what 
Kofi Kingston just went through this past Friday. Do you think that that is enough for some to just say the hell with it? We're out of here. Is you talking fans? Talent. Talent. Well, the problem with talent is you're under contract. So you got to really think that one through, mm-hmm. right? If you're close, maybe, but if you got a two or three year deal, uh, I don't, I don't think you could afford to jump out of that one. I mean, but if you're some guy that's not really worried about it, maybe save your duckies and can afford to walk away. I would, I wouldn't stay for this. Yeah. I mean, literally, you have a draft coming up that may very well change everything, right? You have a brand new uh, competitor who just literally smoked your hot product. I mean, everybody, everybody was behind NXT Mm -hmm. to beat AEW. Very few of us would have ever dreamed that not only do you beat them, but you double their ratings. And now look at you. You just made colossal blunders Friday and Sunday. So let's see who turns in on Monday. But she turns in next Wednesday. What would watch what happens next Friday? If you had to come back after that and find a way to make things make sense, is there a way you can do it Monday night? No, you you have screwed the pooch, literally screwed the pooch. Because I want you to also think about this. So once again. Bray Wyatt being one of your most popular superstars, right? So over, it's crazy. And he's a heel, right? He's a legit heel, and he's so over. I mean, Pete's sake, they kill Ramblin' Rabbit on a regular basis, and everybody still loves him. Right, yeah. And and it's, it's crazy because, you know, right now on the network, and mysteriously enough there's no errors showing up now you know what they're showing right now on the network the chronicle Uh, of Goldberg and and the first thing they see is Vince you know chatting it up with Goldberg can you imagine having you just finished that and now you're like ugh (laughs) what are you kidding me like this is not well planned out (laughs) But anyway, you have now just destroyed that character. I don't well, see how he recovers. So, and I'm not saying like totally destroyed, right? right. But how are you going to put him with Seth again? Well, a no DQ match, and then next thing you know, somebody's going to get disqualified? Are you well, kidding me? The thing of it is, is. <sighs> And I'm not trying to... I really am not trying to come off as a bobblehead here. But in regards to Bray Wyatt, while it definitely hurt all the work they've done up to this point, he did at least 
not lose. I don't know how powerful that is, but at least he didn't uh, take a pinfall. You had a no disqualification match end in a disqualification, and you made him stay down until after the match, and he pops right up and goes right at Seth and just waylays Seth right. to the point he bleeds. What? Right. Makes no sense. So you can't put him back with Seth because who's going to want to see that now? I don't want to see Seth versus Bray too. I don't care if you put it in a no disqualification match. You've already showed me that you don't care anything about your own rules. And there's proof. And it's not the first time they've changed rules on the fly. I didn't think it was possible for them to change rules on the fly with uh, Hell in a Cell. I mean, you got to really be a special kind of stupid to think, let's put a disqualification to Hell in a Cell. Because, you know, Bray wins by DQ at Hell in a What? <laughs> that don't make no sense. <laughs> You you can't do that, and and I agree. It's it's Wednesday night. If the measurement isn't at for looking at it at at the way it is right now, if they head towards if they head towards Wednesday and we don't see three million, I'll be shocked. Ooh, I don't know if you'll see three million, but I bet you you'll see two. Yeah, probably so, and then maybe two point five with the with the replay. And NXT will drop. Raw will probably suffer. Yeah, and I would not be shocked if SmackDown, without all the legends showing up, mm-hmm. doesn't suffer also. Well, they've got their work cut out for them. They set up a, a huge starting point at three point. I want to say it was three point eight. Yeah, three point eight million uh, for viewers, which is great for SmackDown. But now they got to come back and rebound, and that's going to be the test of time. So, and, and, and the bad part is, through no fault of your own, the company just hosed you. Yep. So, with that being the case, it's that time for us to wrap things up and head on nope. out. Nope. No. 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 It's not. You have another little special project to cover. Indeed, you're right. How could I forget? UCW in Dinwiddie, Virginia, is this coming Friday and Saturday. We have got three, not one, not two, but three. Excellent shows coming your way. The Lariat and the Doctor are headed to Dinwiddie, Virginia. And we've got all kinds of UCW action. We've got Ethan Cross defending the television championship. We've got the UCW heavyweight championship will be defended as Jeff, the one Jeff Bravo, is on his way. Casey Carlisle defending against Avery Rose. We've got... All sorts of possibilities in what I'm being told is the arrival of 
a new new talent. We've got exciting talent on the way. I don't even know how to describe all of the things that are going to be happening. Brian, when you think about what's going to take place at this weekend's Defiance, what, what comes to your mind first? So, allow me. Uh, we have the winner, right? The winner? That's right. right. Andy Weinberg making his Andy way Weinberg to the from coming. Done promised a surprise for one Jeffrey Bravo, Ethan Cross, and Jason Raditz on Friday night for the television title. Should be spectacular. Uh, let's see. We have returning Jason Washington, Randy Lawson, who uh, exhibited spectacular matches last time out in Tazewell. Uh, so those will be fun to watch. Uh, Mustafa uh, Aziz. All right. Mustafa Aziz is the one that is, he's been sending us these mysterious and intimidating videos saying he is on the way. We don't know what is to come with Mustafa Aziz. All we know is this guy is terrifying. Uh, we also, Shane Malice is making uh, an appearance for a debut. Um, I'm trying to think. We have Pork Chop Johnson. Or the crowd loves that guy. Um, I don't know why, but he does. They do. I don't know. You want to bark for him? Give me I wrote. A... <laughs> there, there you go. Maybe that's why kids love barking. <laughs> uh, see, we have again. Three events over two days. Two on Saturday, one on Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, then Woody County Fair. Uh, something tells me after speaking to Mr. Cross, could be some uh, some surprises for Mr. DeVore coming his way. It's not really a show you want to miss. Um, so come on out if you can. Enjoy some quality wrestling action, and I guarantee you there will be no disqualifications levied in a no-disqualification match. Right. This is uh, one of those times where you get to find out what wrestling is really all about. Old school and new school, you call it what you want. I don't care. It's just plain fun. It's good wrestling, good wholesome entertainment for your family. Bring everybody and come on and check out Ultimate Championship Wrestling this weekend at the Dinwiddie County Fair. Friday night, bell time is... Uh, Brian's at 7, right? Well, I mean, you should come out and enjoy the fair all day. Absolutely. And then come relax and enjoy some wrestling action. Uh, show up early. You never know who you might run into. I mean, not too early. But, you know, Stan will be there early. I mean, I'll say hi. I'd be, I would be glad to welcome the UCW fans to say hi to each and every one of them. Uh, I'll take a picture with you. Brian won't take a picture with you. Brian doesn't I will like, not take a picture. Brian doesn't like no, you. No, I will not. <laughs> but seriously, come on out. Check us out. UCW, Dinwiddie County Fair, Defiance, a three-show extravaganza. Mad Max Morrison has had some very not- so nice things to say about hey go figure he doesn't like another place in Virginia 
hey, um, do I need to you want me to call Max up? You don't even have his number. I got all of them's number. They like me. They don't like you. No, no. I think I think the ones that don't like the fans are the ones that like you. Well, I can't help that. You're their their chosen broadcaster. I can't help that. <laughs> I don't see the need to cater to those young little whippersnappers. Wow. Okay. Well. So yeah, you don't want to take your picture with Brian. If you want to throw tomatoes at him, though, you can do that. Oh, you'll, I swear. You'll get, get escorted out of the building. But... <laughs> <laughs> I get a tomato. You're going to get it. <laughs> I do I do kind of feel like, uh, you know, a little MJF that on the radio I can be one way and at an event I can be another. Oh, is it's that right? Cool. Is that you're yeah, the MJF kind of UCW? Cool. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, I didn't, I didn't say I was. I just <laughs> I, I kind of feel like him. <laughs> Tell you to take hike. I mean, say hi, kid. <laughs> the um, audacity, the unmitigated gall, sir. Eh, I can't help it. I don't. I don't like them little snot-nosed punks. <laughs> so, Ethan Cross again defending the TV championship. We've got Casey Carlisle, UCW Women's Championship on the line as she defends against Avery Rose. Anthony Adam, Jason Raddatz are going to be there. You've got a lot of competition, a lot of excitement, and a lot of uh, intrigue surrounding the UCW Heavyweight Championship. As Jeff Bravo states, he doesn't think anybody's good enough. He doesn't think anyone's man enough to step up to the plate. Well, maybe he learns that lesson the hard way, because I happen to know that we got quite a few people wanting to take advantage of that open shot. Well, I mean, Andy's already said he's got somebody coming for Friday night for the opening shot. Who do you think he's got? I mean, you don't. I mean, it's it's not going to be anybody from up north, do you think? Look, listen. There's no way on live radio that I'm going to break the confidence of the winner and tell you the plan. Oh, the winner has confided in you. Hey, I'm not saying he has or hasn't, but you know me. I like to hobnob with certain type of people. Yeah, exactly. I'm glad you put it that way. A certain type of people. And you're not one of them. Even better. And if I wasn't getting paid for this, I wouldn't be hobnobbing. Wait, what? Oh, you're not getting paid? Apparently huh. not. <laughs> Maybe you need new friends. <laughs> Maybe I do. Uh, but definitely come on out to the Dinwiddie County Fair so you can throw tomatoes at Brian. Yay! You throw tomatoes at me. Maybe I'll go find Mustafa. <laughs> and Brian, maybe you could you could do like in the middle of the show. Hey, I got a question. Who threw the meter? <laughs> Who threw the damn winner? <laughs> <laughs> Every indie show in America, by the way, is doing that next show. I bet you. Oh I, yeah! How funny! How funny! all right that is gonna do it for us here at c2c radio we're happy and excited to be headed to dinwiddie virginia for ultimate championship wrestling um man we are just it's it's a dream come true being a part of this company and i really do appreciate all the all the 
the time that we're getting here. So let me just point out that it's a big deal. And uh, Defiance has become one of my favorite events. And every time we head to Defiance, there's something exciting on its way. You can catch oh, up. Well, we should also mention that uh, we may have a special guest at the announce table. So I may get to throw some hard-hitting questions out there as the show progresses. Yeah, maybe corner that dude down. I'll give you a dollar if you ask him a hard question. Oh, I'll ask him a hard question. You better get your duckies out. I want to see a stack. Duckies? That's right, duckies. The, the ducklings coming? No, I said duckies. Oh, Not duckies. Duckets. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, All right, I got a little excited there for a second. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Have my hopes up. All right. Yeah. So we'll see everybody at... Uh, Ultimate Championship Wrestling's Defiance right there at the Dinwiddie County Fair. Friday night, 7 p.m. is bell time. But like Brian said, come on out early. Come enjoy the fair. Come hang out. And come meet the UCW cast and crew as we'll be out there having fun and uh, hanging out. Probably catch us during setup maybe to say hey. Again, please throw your tomatoes only at Brian. That's at Brian. Right now, it should be noted that Doc is uh, shorter pudgy pudgier one with balding hair so throw your tomatoes at that guy i know what you're trying to do here and that's not correct just saying which part the short pudgy bald guy you're or? not ba- you're not bald you have hair i most certainly am <laughs> okay <laughs> If and when For that sake happens, of I'll having tomatoes thrown, uh, <laughs> I am bald. Bald wears glasses. Well, you know what? That would look like have a troll. Oh, now they know it's you. <laughs> Incoming <Yeah>. tomatoes. <laughs> All right. So you can catch up with the show on Twitter at C2C Radio Show. Of course, the website, C2CRadioShow.com. That's how you're listening to us right now. Corner, the number two corner on Instagram and Corner to Corner Wrestling on the Facebook group and Corner to Corner Radio Show as far as the fan page. You can catch up with Brian at STRCP21 on Twitter, Brian Taylor on Facebook. Catch up with Rob at Rob Hefner C2C on Twitter and Rob Hefner on Facebook, RDHUWP on the Instagram. And of course, I'm at Stan Grubb for Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. All points in between, and we will see you Friday at the Dinwiddie County Fair for UCW Defiance. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time right here on C2C Radio. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 